Welcome, everyone. This is Greg Ferris. Thank you for listening to the MyoBrain podcast. This will be a long-form interview today. We have not done one of these in a while, but this idea has been cooking up in my head that I wanted to start interviewing some of our most successful clients, especially the ones that have been with us for a very long time. So we'll have a series of these more than likely. And these are not athletes that you've probably heard of or people, I should say, you've, you've heard of. They're not CrossFit Games athletes. They haven't broken any world records. They're not professional athletes, which I know is very fun to listen to. And I do think success leads clues and can be very inspirational. But let's face it, if you're listening to this podcast, odds are you probably are not a professional athlete. You probably work a full-time job. You may have a kid or two. You may have other responsibilities. You can't just wake up, eat, train, eat, train, eat, train, take supplements, go to bed like a professional athlete. So learning from people like the the client I'm interviewing today, who is a full-time working nurse, goes to the gym, travels, vacations, eats meals with family, has drinks out with friends, has foods in break rooms. Those things can be very relatable and you can learn a lot of lessons from those people as well. Uh, I looked at his file and over the past about a year and a half, I think he's lost like 70 or 80 pounds with us. So a massive change in his lifestyle obviously a massive change in his body composition. And again, I wanted to interview him and say, Hey man, why do you think you've been successful with us? What did you do prior to working with us? What has changed? What's changed with your mindset? What's changed with your habits? So we get all into that on this episode. If you guys are interested in our coaching, you can always go to myobrain.co to learn all about that. And that is it for the intro. Hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you guys. And thank you for joining us today. As I mentioned in the intro, I have one of our clients here today. This is kind of a new format. We typically have maybe like a professional athlete or a big, big Instagram star on our podcast, or it's just me saying nonsense stuff. Um, But I had an idea really a couple of months ago that I wanted to start interviewing just a lot of our really successful clients. And these aren't people that can back squat 500 pounds or people that can run four minute miles. These are just people who have lost a ton of weight or have had a whole bunch of success with us. Um, and oddly enough, this actually should be really inspiring to a lot of people because these are the types of people who mostly hire us, right? There are people who are moms and dads and who have full-time jobs, who just want to be healthier, fitter people. And the goal for these podcasts is just to hear their story, maybe take some nuggets of advice from them to, to um, really inspire you and help you with your own journey. So thank you for joining me today. Um, I'll talk you up a little bit, but do you want to introduce yourself and uh, before we kind of jump into stuff? Sure. Hey guys, my name is Javier and just like Greg said, I am just your average individual. <laughs> I'm not an Instagram star. I don't squat 500 pounds Yet. yet right not yet uh no but i am a nurse i work in icu uh and a few years ago i started traveling with my job so i'm constantly moving constantly emailing greg hey i i'm gonna be out in another city uh can we try this or can i work out that so that that's my life i do work night shift so keeps things interesting so i'm sure we'll We'll talk about that some more, but yeah, I'm glad, glad to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to share my journey. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun time and um, a few things kind of specific, I think about him and I may have, I may mess up some of this stuff. So please clarify uh, at the end of this, but I think you've been a client for about two years. If I recall, all of our like files pretty much changed like six months ago. So um, we're a bit confused, like when people started and things like that. Uh, but I think about a year and a half closing in on two years, you originally yes. signed up as a nutrition only client, meaning you were kind of doing your own workouts. Sometimes we're not even aware really of what our clients are doing specifically, right? They just say they do CrossFit or that they do cycle classes, but you were doing nutrition only for a while that maybe six or nine months ago. You also wanted some specific help with like your training. So we do like, you know, your full Monday, your squats, your cardio, your warm ups, all of those things. Um, in the totality, 
I think it's maybe a little bit more than this, but like 50 to 60 pounds, maybe total lost. Yes, just right? about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 50 to 60 pounds lost in about say a year and a half. And if you've seen his body composition changes, um, also along with all of the things we've done with his training, he's put on a lot of muscle too. So while maybe he's lost say 50, 60 pounds, he may have also lost 70 or 80 pounds of fat, maybe gained 10 or 20 pounds of muscle. His body composition changes as far as his body fat are actually way more impressive than just losing weight. So that's been very cool to see because at the end of the day, nobody, nobody wants to weigh 225 or 200 or 175. They just want to look good. Um, and you're obviously have improved that a ton. And um, kind of like I said, the last thing here is this one of the interesting things about people um, like him really is that you can take a lot of notes from someone that's made that substantial of a lifestyle change. Not that you can't learn from people who like, I'm not trying to brag on myself. This is actually something that I like struggle with of like, I've kind of always made semi healthy decisions. Like I've been an athlete growing up, never really been overweight. I've always loved working out. And that's cool, I guess. But if you're not someone like that, you probably relate more to somebody that like maybe spent five or 10 years not doing those things because they had to find a way where they weren't working out or where they were eating, you know, takeout six days a week and then had to stop doing those things. And the things you can learn from those people are really helpful if you're in a similar situation Versus if someone asked me that, I'm like, I've never eaten out six times in a week. I don't know. Like, don't do it, I guess, you know? <laughs> so uh, being able, all we're really trying to do with MyoBrain is help people with behavior change. And that could be really short. Like some people want to lose five or 10 pounds and it's really simple. Some people want to lose a hundred pounds and it's a lot more, they have a lot more work to do, right? To accomplish that. But behavior change is very relative to what your goals are. And if you can find someone who say like, Hey, I'm, I'm not 180 with a two pack trying to get a six pack. I'm 280 trying to take a year to just kind of get my life together. Right. So that's why I think talking to people who have done those things can be very beneficial to people. Um, Cause I think a lot of people just look up to like rich froning or they look up to whoever is on the cover of men's health and, that's very inspirational, right? But those people probably have never been in your similar shoes, right? Which is, is going to be more relevant to you, right? Um, right? So first question I have, this is kind of another background thing for you, but specifically within okay. health and fitness was what was your health and fitness journey prior to joining us about a year and a half, two years ago, sort of maybe what other diets have you tried? What workout plans have you tried? maybe some things that were successful that were not successful, but what was that journey like before you signed up with us? Right. So before MyoBrain, uh, really my health and fitness was very inconsistent. Um, I did what people suggested quote unquote was healthy. I followed trends. Um, you know, I would, I would start getting into running with like cut all my carbs out. Cause people said, Oh, carbs are bad for you. Okay. Sounds good. I, I'll cut them all out. I'd lose weight and then eventually I'd gain it all again. Um, there, you know, there's always that trend of uh, trying cleanses for a couple of days. So I was like, I'll try the cleanse. I'll buy this nut butter and add this oil and eat it five times a day and then I'll lose all this weight. I never really got into the keto trend, not because it promised anything, but just because it was more difficult than what I really wanted to get into. But, um, so yeah, it's very inconsistent. Even in my exercise, I think I would normally just grab workout plans from bodybuilding.com or Instagram and um, try to follow them, but not do very good with them. Uh, you know, even the jargon that I would read, I was like, oh, I don't really understand this. YouTube in the middle of a set, what is a superset or what is an RPM or an RPE or whatever that meant. But I'm sure I was more entertaining to people around me than anything else. Okay. I did attempt CrossFit during nursing school, but working nights and then the classes were only offered at certain time slots. I was very inconsistent and I just couldn't stick with it. So that, that's, that's my extent of my health and fitness, quote unquote, 
expertise before my own brain. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting to, to hear that. And as you'd assume, maybe a lot of our clients have a similar story, but not everyone's the same. All right. I mean, uh, some people are pretty fortunate to be like, yeah, I didn't really try any fad diets. I've just kind of, um, maybe not really tried anything at all. And they come to us and it's like, Oh, this is easy. But a lot of people are similar to yourself where they, they weren't being unsuccessful because they weren't trying. They were being unsuccessful because maybe they weren't trying the right things or in a weird way, they were trying too hard, too hard in the short term, which led to not trying very hard in the very long term because they would quit things. Right. Um, so that's kind of the biggest thing I heard from you, which is kind of the inconsistency of things. And a, a lot of things lead to that. Obviously, like your lifestyle can lead to that. Like you said, just the difficulty of something. If something is just like right. super, super hard to follow, especially initially, you just feel overwhelmed. And the second you get off track, it's just like, well, whatever. I'll just try right. something else in October sort of a thing. Um, and life is hard already. Like our, right. our jobs are hard already. And to make something so that is supposed to be maybe simple, like exercising and nutrition, it makes it super difficult to follow. So then it, I would rather not expend more energy in it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that was the second thing I wanted to mention is the simplicity of things that when you go and look at, it's more so for me, nutrition than exercise, but it's probably out there for exercise too. I just been lucky enough to not see it. Um, it's very confusing to people. You know, it's like, well, this person says you can't have carbs and this person says to not eat after this time. But this person says that like complex carbs are good. What's a complex carb, right? And it's just all this rabbit hole. And it's like, what, it's like what I got it to and I was like 18 before I like went to school for it. I had those conceptions of what I thought was right. And I was like, oh, I guess that doesn't matter. And that doesn't matter. And that doesn't matter. And that's one of our big like principles for people is to simplify the process. And don't get it confused. Simple does not mean easy because try to spend a month on even a flexible diet, tracking your food every day in a calorie deficit. That is not easy to almost anyone, but it doesn't mean it's complicated, right? And that's what we want to teach people those things, right? And then on the workout front too, I made a post about this. I think I made a podcast about this too, of the difference between like a program and a workout. And I think a lot of people don't understand those differences, meaning like what you did is you were going to the gym, but you were like, I want to do legs. And you just Google like leg workout and you did it. Right. How did you know? How did you know? Everyone does that ever Um, or an ab routine or something. And in and of itself, those things probably aren't bad. And maybe some of those workouts actually look similar to the workouts you do with us. But now there's actually a principle behind those things. Meaning we look at stuff of, okay, what muscle groups do you want to prioritize and which ones do you kind of like not care that much about? So we obviously can do more work for the things you want to build up more and just maybe maintain the other things. And then we're doing specific exercises and you may record yourself doing those exercises and you're writing down your workouts and you're doing the similar movements over and over and over again. So you can track your progress and those things are actually a lot more important than if you did a split squat or a leg press, right? It's the principles behind your intention of exercising um, as opposed to just random leg workouts, random upper body workouts, which can be effective initially, but after you get past that three to six month phase, you kind of need like a plan and either way, if you have a plan, you're going to progress faster. So it's good to hear you, um, mention those things. And again, I'm sure a lot of people who have a, had a very similar story to you of, uh, of both on the training and, and diet side of things. So, um, switching gears now a bit to the second thing I had down. So maybe you weren't super successful with that, with that process. Maybe you have a hot two weeks and then an off month sort of a thing here and there. So, uh, what do you think has contributed the most to your success? And probably the biggest thing would be consistency. But I mean, what do you think has helped you become more consistent? Was there anything in particular that helped you flip that switch besides like what you were doing a few years ago between kind of like now you've been, you can say you've been successful, 
for sure over the past year and a half, you know? Yeah. I would say trusting the process and the fact that simple, you mentioned simple doesn't mean easy, but simplicity has a lot to do with it, right? Because your program is simple to follow. um, And, and it was hard at first to trust that process because I was like, what do you mean? I don't have to do like A through Z in order to like lose two pounds. Like there's something wrong with that, right? Because once again, I'm, I get lost in the weeds. I did not grow up in the fitness industry. So like I have 50 people on Instagram yelling at me, telling me that I need to do all these things before I wake up in the morning in order to lose two pounds. But your system is very simple. And so for me, flipping that switch was trusting that, trusting the process and seeing the pounds come off while I was still enjoying my food. I remember the first time, I think during our initial interview, you ask about what foods I like. And I'm like, oh, I'll eat anything. Like I'm Mexican. I like corn and rice and rice and corn in any, in any way, right? Tortillas, uh, tamales, anything. And like, I would love to keep those in. And um, I remember like getting the diet plan and on the dinner section, it mentioned, you know, like chicken with some veggies, a side salad and a light ranch and then ice cream uh, for dessert at the end. And I was like, what? are you sure? Like I can eat this. Are you sure it's not supposed to be like a sweet potato, broccoli, like boiled chicken or something? Like it was just a very simple process. And that, that for me was the switch that this could be something that I could stick with because it worked because it was simple. And yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, I didn't, I didn't think of it that way, but that, that has to really play into things too. When maybe you spent several years thinking, I want to do this, but it just seems so hard because I have to check 20 boxes. And then all you really needed to be told was like, maybe check like three to four boxes. And you're like, I can do that. Like, right. I didn't know this, once, is, this is easy. What was I waiting for? Right. Yeah. yeah. Once, once again, because I work nights and you know, I work three night shifts a week. Sometimes I work six night shifts a week, depending on what's going on for the month. And so I need simple. And that's what really helped me to stick with my own brain and see that it was very different because it was already simple. I could set a routine with it. I could follow that routine and I wasn't going to get bored with the routine. It wasn't just chicken and broccoli for dinner every single day with Mrs. Dash on the side or something. Not, not, dogging on mrs dash but right you you realize what was actually important and what was kind of just like superficial right the difference between your potato and your rice but you learn that like oh what matters is the 50 grams of carbs and yes it doesn't matter that it's rice or that it's organic or that it's a sweet potato right right it's very powerful to learn those things right and and i'm not even saying that there's not benefits to switching to the others but for someone that's very new and that was used to the difficulties or that maybe approached it in a very weird perspective that made it difficult, that was breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a, again, it's sometimes I'm disconnected from this because it's been a decade since I like thought that. And I, we have conversations with this, especially with our other coaches of like, you really have to understand that like most of our clients are where you were like a decade ago. And I forget sometimes until I like, I'll eavesdrop on someone at a coffee shop or I'll like walk in Target and I'll hear just like, I want to call it dumb because they don't know it would be better, you know, but they're like, ooh, like, did you know that like this organic smoothie is over there? Like, that's going to be so healthy for me. And I'd like, it's probably like 80 grams of sugar in it or something. (laughs) Or someone will say like, oh, like don't drink Diet Coke. You gain way more weight drinking Diet Coke. And I'm like, people think this like it blows my mind because it's just like yeah i'm like 10 years ago i knew that diet coke was okay so i'm like surely the person to target knows that in 2020 um but um no it's not the case so it's great to hear that because again that's one of the again core principles for us is, is simplicity but um and it's sometimes it's hard it's hard when like clients check in with us and my response is like the same thing i told them three weeks ago and more often than not, we actually discuss like strategies on how to accomplish that rather than, I'm not just saying like eat 2000 calories, but it's like, Hey, why weren't you able to eat 2000 calories last week? 
and you're like, oh, my family was in town and I didn't really want to track. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. You know, versus if someone's like, well, I didn't eat 2000 calories because I just felt like having been at Jerry's every night then we need to have a conversation on like, well, what's that tied to, you know, but most of our conversations with clients are no longer like, you know, how many carbs should I have for breakfast? Cause a lot of that stuff we're trying to tackle, you know, initially. And then maybe there is that like aha moment. And it probably happened when you like lost your first five or 10 pounds after you had some ice cream and you're like, yeah, yeah. Hey, I get it. This really works. You know? Right. I don't have to be miserable. Right. Yes. That is a good feeling. Um, so uh, next question we have here is maybe kind of the antithesis of that. So we said that, just because it's simple as far as tracking your food, hitting your calories, getting to the gym a few times per week does not mean it's easy. So for you, um, what has been the most difficult part about kind of the general change in your lifestyle over the past few years? Yeah. So I think it would be making a plan, right? Cause even when you provided my meal plan for the, that first initial month that I was with my brain, I still needed a plan of um, getting the groceries, prepping them. Oh, I work nights. Like, how do I fix this? How do I make that? Not only that, but when I started working out, now I added a new component of, do I only work out on the days that I work or on the days that I don't work? And uh, what, what does that look like? So I think the hardest thing was, was making a plan and sticking to it because I think this is everyone. It's not just healthcare workers we love ordering food to work to work i love pizza i love chipotle and chips and queso like it's always in the break room and there there's this rule in the break room at work that in any hospital that i worked at if it's on the center table in the break room it's free for all anybody can eat it and you bet i will look at what's in the table and maybe have a bite or two and then that'll turn into another bite or two in the next hour so staying away from the break room um, and making a plan to succeed has definitely uh, been been hard, but it's been necessary for me to reach those goals. Uh, it's true what they say. If you don't have a plan, you are planning to fail. Um, and I think you even said something to me one day. I was in Texas, and I was like, hey, man, like, I did not plan ahead for this. Like, I didn't get workouts in. And, and you mentioned it. You were like, well, you should have planned ahead. And I was like, ouch, yes. <laughs> You're right. I should have planned ahead because it's true. I know that I set these plans. I know I'm, I'm going to be doing this. And so making that plan um, has helped me overcome that obstacle. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's uh, maybe that was a little bit harsh in the moment there, but. Um, oh no, no. You're my coach. That's what, that's what I'm with you for. I need right. some harshness sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think it, I talk to people about it about a lot is like, maybe they're in a pickle situation. It's like, okay, well, A, let's like solve the problem as best we can, but B, the best thing will be to not be in this situation again, right? Um, it's like what you said, you know, when you are traveling, if you know that like, oh, I was going to go to whatever city three months ago, right? Well, it's like, if you're going to be there for a week and a half, like, did you look to see what gyms are around your hotel? Did you see what grocery stores are around your hotel? Like those things right. are like really important or even for people, because one of the biggest things that I get on clients about, um, and not to go on a rant here, because I love all my clients, um, but a, a lot of people, when they're outside of their little bubble, say they, they go on a weekend thing, they go to Tulsa, they go to Nashville for a weekend or something. It's not even like a vacation. They're just going there for whatever reason. And they think, well, I'm not at my home. Therefore, I'm just going to have like a bacon cheeseburger, right? As if a bacon cheeseburger is the only option in Nashville, Tennessee for them, right? So right. we'll have conversation. A lot of people will think I'm going to like sympathize with them on this. So like, oh, well, like he's not going to expect me to like get like just chicken at a restaurant. Right. Um, but what I would say is like, oh, you went to whatever place and their the reaction will be like, yeah, like we stopped at McDonald's and I got three double cheeseburgers. And I'm like, well, maybe next time, because you go to that place, it looks like every few weeks, like look on the map and see if there's a Chipotle on the way and stop and make a plan to stop at the Chipotle as opposed to 
not make a plan and now you have to stop at a McDonald's because you're starving and that's the nearest thing, right? So there's so many instances like when you're traveling, when you're outside of your normal bubble, where just a little bit of preparation on where's the nearest Chick-fil-A, you know, they have healthy options. That's all you really need to do. And then you put yourself in a much better environment. And I think a lot of people, not even intentionally, they just get in a situation where it's really hard to um, say no to those things, right? Which we want to obviously prevent. So um, it's really good to hear that. And that's one other thing I'll touch upon that too, with, with the flexible dieting crowd, probably not so much yourself, but a lot of people that got into it a long time ago, back when I got into it, we were introduced to the idea of, hey, eat whatever you want as long as we fit these numbers. And while that's still mostly true, that doesn't mean that most people can actually do that without a plan. So unless you have a plan of buying the right groceries, which you know means knowing what your fat carbs, your, your fat foods are, your carb foods, your protein foods, um, knowing how to cook those things, knowing how often you're gonna eat, those are the habits they're going to allow you to hit your numbers, right? So those things, while not necessary to be, to be successful, are going to make your life way easier. And we do see habits like that. We see our clients who are mostly prepared with things tend to be the ones who are mostly successful, not just once, you know, but generally over, um, yeah. you know, consistently, you know, uh, doing that, so... No, I agree. Because what you just mentioned with the road and picking out the Chipotle versus the McDonald's, that's exactly what you said to me. Um, I think like a year ago, I was working at a hospital three hours from where I was staying at the time. So I would commute three hours to my location for work. I would stay in a hotel for three nights and then drive back. And I, I remember telling you, oh man, I just get so hungry. Like I I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can stick to these three meals. And I remember you saying, well, if there's a Chipotle or something on the way, stop with the Chipotle, get it to go and get it for work. And just that mindset of like, oh, McDonald's isn't my only option. I can still be set to succeed. Yeah. And I think a lot of that just, like you said, does come down to preparation. And once you get into the habit of doing that, um, it becomes easier. We'll, We'll move on to the next question here, but, um, one of the things I've like bragged, not like naming you, but just like as a, as a reference of this um, workouts or something like that, that people tend not to do when they're traveling as well. And I think you've been a good, a, a good um, kind of example of working out is now a part of your lifestyle. So when you go travel for a reason, unless it's like you just want a vacation, that's fine but you travel a good amount. So when you go and travel, one of the things you think about is, okay, well, does the hotel have a gym? Or if not, is there a gym close? Do I need to change my program or do I need to skip a day here or there, right? But that's a part of your plan versus maybe two or three years ago, it was like, I worked out when it was convenient and when it's Mm -hmm. inconvenient, like traveling, I just don't do it, right? And that comes back to, planning still of even if you have good intentions the lack of planning there puts so much kind of inertia uh, in your way for making a good decision versus what you're really trying to do is just make it super super simple which is like okay i'm going to this place here on a thursday the hotel has a gym and there's also two gyms within a mile of me maybe you're not even committing to working out but now you know what to do if you did want to work out over the course of those days, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. Sweet. Um, so next question here is you kind of touched upon this, but you work full-time as a nurse. I'm not really sure if you like semi traveling, so maybe you can touch upon that, but what, uh, what advice kind of specifically, cause we actually work with a lot of nurses or people in the health field. <laughs> What advice would you give to others in those fields who are trying to live a healthy lifestyle, both from their nutrition and their training? So I I think admitting that I don't know everything about nutrition was a little hard, even to healthcare workers. We, you know, we take care of people, we help them get well, we suggest the types of foods that are best for them when they're recovering from open heart surgery versus having a kidney. Uh, dialysis diet or something. And so I think 
not being afraid to grab someone that can help you reach those goals um, and can help you do all that work because that is their major. That is what they're, you know, like that's what they're passionate about and letting them do the work for you to give you a plan to help you get there is okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's what I love about my old brain that I don't have to figure out all the numbers, how many macros to eat, how many calories I need to not eat to reach my goal. Um, I can stick to the number that I'm given and, and, you know, like I think a week by week I tell you, Oh, I ate this much and this much. And this is what my fitness pal told me. And then you go, Oh, well, let's try to cut here or or add here for this week. And we'll go from there. And, and that's kind of nice that I don't, it's not my field. So I don't have to like go through all those numbers. Um, yeah. 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 That's good. I think that's an important thing to be, you know, you have to be, everyone has to be humble enough a little bit if they're going to hire, I say hire anyone for anything, but when you hire a coach to specifically coach you in an area, let's say even if like you're a plumber and you sign up with us, you have to be humble enough. Like, okay, this person knows more about this topic or I just trust them enough that I'm going to kind of hand over the reins to them. Right. And that's probably actually harder for people who are more closely, it's probably harder for a nurse than a plumber to do that because you're kind of in health. But I also work with, I work with personal trainers. I've worked with dietitians before who have hired us um, uh, or people who have, who coach other people have signed up with us. And that's not to say that like a shame on them for doing that. It's the, because the value of having a coach isn't just the knowledge sometimes. It is also the, it's important about what you don't have to do anymore, which is, I don't want to say think, right? But you don't have to be the sole decision maker of how long am I going to do this back squat cycle for? Or when do I actually cut my carbs? Is it after one week or three weeks, right? And you're still involved in that decision-making process. You know, we ask you what exercises do you want to prioritize or how hungry are you? Or I think literally your last check-in, we discussed like, is it okay for you to still push your fat loss phase? Are you still busy with like studying right now? Right? Like there are things like that. There, we don't just say shut up and eat your food or not eat food. Right. But it isn't like you have to decide that you have to commit to it. And then if it does or doesn't work, you have to then decide what to change. And that's just a huge luxury of just having a coach in any field, right? Whether it's a a business coach or someone in the health field helping you or a physical therapist, right? Is that hopefully if they're good at their job, they're incorporating your needs in it. But at the end of the day, it's you trust them, you give them the information and the feedback they give you, you kind of can do it and then continue to get them feedback so you can change it. So that's good to hear. I didn't think about that specifically from like a healthcare standpoint where it may be, like you said, harder for someone like you when you're like, should know a little bit about diet, you know, you have to kind of admit right. that doesn't mean I know everything about diet or that right. even if I did, like if I ever do a bodybuilding show again, I'm not prepping myself. Like I'm hiring somebody. I know how to, I prep people for shows. I know what I'm doing. Right. I just don't want to deal with my own emotions around that. You know, like, <laughs> I want to do my job and have someone else look at my stuff who's knowledgeable. So uh, even for me, like, or even when I, was doing competitive CrossFit. I didn't write my own program most of the time. I outsourced the coaching because I didn't want to deal with it. I was like, this person's smart. I'm going to give them my info and I'm going to trust them. You know? So those are good things to hear. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So we have two more questions. Uh, I'm really interested. This is probably my favorite question I wrote down. So okay. with you being kind of in the health field, and maybe it's not unique to the health field, but it's just interesting. Um, what are some really just common myths, misconceptions you hear about health and fitness uh, from your coworkers that maybe like, again, a couple of years ago, you were like right there with them discussing those things. But now you hear that and you're like, you're giggling in the back. You're like, they have no idea. So what are those, what are some <laughs> like big misconceptions about like, you know, body composition, fat loss, building muscle that you kind of still right. hear um, among people? I mean, the go-to is always the low carb, no carb, or, um, oh, it's not noon yet. So I can't, I can't eat yet. Oh, fasting. Or, um, yes. The fasting or, um, 
the keto keto is huge like does anyone want butter with their coffee you know that i brought from starbucks like that's that's still going around the coconut oil um i haven't seen a lot of people talk about weight loss pills and i and i think that's because being in healthcare we're like we know they're probably not good for you like <laughs> uh, come on but yeah the the food the fats for sure um i always if you talk to anybody that works with me i bring in my own lunchbox and it's huge it's an isolated like huge lunchbox and they're always like you're eating so much and i'm like no i'm i'm only on my first of, of four meals this is not a lot and they're like how can you eat so much and i'm like how can you not eat so much we're doing so much right now we're working like we're using our brains but um that's that's a lot of those myths that i that i run into or um oh you you're eating beef for both meals like shouldn't you cut back on meat or i'll have a protein shake that i end up like blending in there you know in front of them and they're like can you have more than one protein shake a day and um <laughs> you eat how much protein yeah. i'm like oh this much and they're like that's too much um i think sometimes and i, I mean you know like i'm I feel like I'm shaped a little odd because I'm six two. I have long legs that are a lot leaner. And my thing in our workout routine is always like, how can I add more mass? And, and it's been a, a slow process. That's just the way my legs are. And at work, they're like, oh, you should probably like add five additional variations of squat because that's what I did. And that's, that's what works for me. And or like the chest, like, oh, like you should probably do this push-up or that push-up for chest because that'll work and I usually just kind of smile and thank them and I'm like well thank you like yeah maybe probably not but thank you um I did actually start working out with someone that I'm dating and um I I sent them the workout that I was doing on Monday and I said this is what we're gonna do and he's like oh okay so we start doing it he's like how 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 are you doing all this like it's it's literally just like a squat and like a lunge and all these things. And he's like, this, this is like a lot less than what I thought we were going to be doing. And I'm like, what do you think we're going to be doing? Like lifting for two hours. That's a big one that I hear is you should be in the gym for two hours at a time. Right. And so much yeah. <laughs> things. Um, the workout thing, obviously the, if you've followed my brand at all, I feel like half the things I talk about are nutrition myths, right? So you're not new to the idea that I think keto and fasting and butter and coffee is silly, right? Um, the exercise thing is interesting though. And I do get this quite a bit too, um, or see people do this. Um, like one of the mistakes I think a lot of people do, not that it's like wrong. I mean, I get it. You're trying hard in the gym, but it's like the traditional like chest day, back day, leg day thing. And they just go in the gym and do like every possible thing they think they can do for their chest but they do it like only one time per week and they see like a program that I may write. And it's like two chest exercises. They do it three times per week or something. Um, and they don't understand that like after a while in a session, you're just have so much fatigue that like, you're not really getting a lot of quality work done. Right. And the same thing can be said with like the duration of sessions or sorry, the, yeah, the duration of the workout or the amount of exercises you do, because a lot of people, newsflash don't train as hard as they think they do right um if you do like 10 or 15 hard sets of lower body work if you do like a squat variation an rdl a leg press a lunge and like a leg extension workout and all of your sets are hard like that's a really effective and hard workout so the people that do, you know, five sets of 20 back squats, five sets of 20 lunges, five sets of 20, this things like a lot of it's just junk volume and they may be spending more time in the gym than they need because so much of their stuff isn't really effective. Right. So right. I haven't heard that in a while from someone. Um, I hear again, just less exercise myths, I guess, the nutrition myths, but mm -hmm. that's definitely a good point of even in college when I was around a lot more people being social um, and I got a lot more just like general questions, there would be people whose like leg workouts on paper, like looked a lot worse than mine, but then I'd watch them squat and I'm like, you, you drop the bar and you could have done like 10 more reps. Like that's a war, like all of your sets are warm up sets. Um, we've had discussions of that. Like when you video your 
sets and you're like, this was so hard. And I look at the video, I'm like, that was an RPE six. <laughs> you know? You're right. Like, <laughs> done, then weeks later, I'm like, oh, yeah, like this is, this is, I'm, I'm getting used to the weight. You're right. Like this yeah. extra set did kind of work. I did forget to mention this happened probably like a couple of weeks ago. Um, this younger guy that I've seen at the gym now came up to me and goes, Hey bro, like, um, you know, if you like do this this way, like you could probably add more weight. I'm like, Oh, so I'm actually, it's push day. So I'm actually just targeting. This was the, um, narrow bit, narrow grip bench press. Right. And I said, Oh, I'm, I'm kind of targeting both my chest and tries, but thank you. Like, I appreciate that advice. And he's like, let me show you. And out of the kindness of my heart, I'm like, sure, go ahead. Like you can show me. It's not like I don't have 45 minutes before I got to get to work, but go ahead. And so I'll let them show me and then I'll go from there. But anyways, it's fun. It's fun. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting with, with exercise. Um, a lot of, I, somewhat similar to nutrition, I guess. And that a lot of people just equate with how hard something is with how effective it may be. And again, I'm not saying that like my leg workouts aren't hard because if you look at my face and you see my results, you'll see that they're hard. Right. But, um, that doesn't mean you have to be like, I don't, I haven't thrown up in a leg workout in a very long time, or like, I'm not on the ground after my sets, right. That sort of fatigue usually always isn't necessary. Or I also train like a super air conditioned gym. Here's an, here's something interesting. Sometimes I don't sweat in the whole workout. I don't sweat, especially on upper body days. I don't sweat at all. Um, it's pretty cold in there, but, um, yeah, those aren't things that matters. What matters is like, Oh, you did, your leg press with full range of motion at 200 pounds, let's do 220, you know, and consistently adding weight to that, consistently adding reps. And um, one other thing we've discussed too is just the importance. Uh, this is a big mistake. I think a lot of people do in their trainings, all that variation. Like you said, you have to, my legs got bigger from doing this dumbbell curtsy, you know, banded squat. And then the next week I did a front squat and the next week I did this reverse leg press single leg sort of thing and they'd never even like added load or know what their progression is or whatever they're just doing work um I think a lot of people make a mistake doing that because so much of the benefit you get from lifting is like the skill of doing that and people do not think of it as a skill they think of it as like yeah, I can squat. I put a bar on my back and I move up and down. You know what I mean? But like, that's like saying you can shoot a free throw because you can throw the ball at the basket. You know, like, no, Steph Curry can shoot a free throw. You can throw the ball at the basket. And that's the same thing with the squat. So as you get more skilled with the squats and the leg presses and the lunges, you'll be shocked at how much load you can add to those over time. Um, and the more, obviously the more load you can add, that's where you're actually going to do a lot of damage to your muscles to have it grow, you know, but when you constantly switch up exercises, not that it's wrong, but usually like when we switch up exercises for you, the first week or two, you kind of just like figure out how to do it and like what the load's going to be. Like, you know, if you go from a regular bench, now we do eight weeks of close grip. You're like, okay, this is kind of where my RPE nine is and those things. And then once you feel that, maybe the next five or six weeks, you're like, okay, I'm, this is my technique. This is how I do it. This is how it feels. This is my warm up. Now let's add some load to the bar. But if mm -hmm. every week is a different press, then it's just really hard to, it's hard to get good enough at that exercise to actually hurt your muscles. And people don't understand that. They think that they're just going to like go to failure and that's going to like magically sprout the muscles over time, you know? So Cool. Cool. Last question here. So we don't use the term cheat meal at myobrain because, um, if someone thinks, you know, people think that bread is healthy and cheese is pizza or sorry, dang it. I ruined it. <laughs> bread is healthy. Well, some people don't, but a lot of people think bread is healthy. People are like, okay, cheese is healthy. People are like tomatoes are healthy, but you put them all together and it's a cheat meal. Right. And that's pizza. Um, so we don't use the term cheat meal because every food just has a certain amount of calories and macros in them, but that doesn't mean we don't have some fun meals that are, Hey, are really hard to fit into our numbers sometimes. 
Um, so do you have any fun meals that like on your high day refeed day, or maybe you want a vacation when you're not tracking any of those meals you just love, love to eat. Can't say no to. Yeah. Um, so I have a few, but I, I just going to pick one. So chilaquilas is probably my favorite fun meal. Um, if you could figure out how to Google that, no, I'm kidding. So it's basically what I grew up with being Mexican, um, living in Mexico, tortillas are like everywhere. And so they would have these old tortillas that they would just kind of dry out some more and then they would bake and chop them up kind of like nachos, but they would soak them in like a salsa verde, add chicken on top, add cilantro, onion, like a cut up hard boiled egg. And to top it off, we eat it with like bolillo, which is a, it's like French bread, right? So it's like carb galore. So that, that is probably my fun meal that I, I treat to treat to myself like every now and then. And, um, it's usually good for breakfast. It's not even that bad. No, not really. I mean, yeah. cause you could, I, I, you know, I've modified it. I, I'll bake the tortillas instead of getting tortilla yeah. chips from the store and I'll make my own salsa and maybe I'll skip out on the bread and, you know, add more chicken or whatever. Like, but that's usually my fun meal. Like hmm. I, I can't get away from corn or, or rice, man. Like yeah. it's, it's in my blood. Yeah. I'm just saying like, you could probably eat that every day if you wanted to, but that shouldn't be like hard to fit into like a fat loss diet unless you just have a ton of it, I guess. Oh, I can have a lot of it. Oh yeah. So I usually save it for a day. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think, um, having, if you're like knack is like Mexican food, that is definitely like the best quote unquote vice to have. Cause when you go like eat out and stuff like that, I wouldn't say it's easy to stay on track when you're eating Mexican food, but of like the dishes you could eat out between like people, I don't know what American food is, but like, I guess if it's burgers, barbecue, right. Um, that's hard. Right. That is hard. I, I think of barbecue is barbecue. When people say American, I think of like steak and burgers, which I think are like, well, that's hard to fit mm. into anything, but like, yeah. um, uh, like certainly barbecue can be tough. Italian can be really tough with like the Ooh. sauces on things. It's just like really hard to, you'd be amazed at how many like fat, like some Alfredo or tomato dish you get out somewhere. Um, I'm trying to think of another big one. Um, steakhouse is usually pretty good. Chinese is hit and miss, I guess. Um, you could probably do a pretty good job with Chinese, but Mexican in my opinion, by far, like anytime I go get Mexican and I'm trying to like stay on track of it, I just get fajitas. And like, I wouldn't say fajitas are like healthy, but they're certainly not unhealthy. Like there's, right. I mean, it's essentially it's bell peppers, meat, tortillas. And then, I mean, if you want to put sour cream and cheese and all that on there, you can, right. It's kind of up to you, but the ingredients you're given with fajitas are usually pretty dang good. So at Mexican yeah, restaurants, there are a lot of good options to have. So yeah. I guess it's different. Like if, if you're like vice is like, I love pizza. Like that's just hard. Cause that's like, never yeah. gonna fit. it's never going to fit in easy, you know, but if your vice is, no. I love Mexican too. And like, sometimes just some fajitas will like, whew, crush me. And it's really not that bad of a meal. So, um, yeah. But even, even the, like the healthy, you know, they're relatively healthy, the frozen pizzas from certain brands. Um, I know if I'm like staying at a certain number for fats or, or when I was like, man, like an entire cauliflower crust pizza with veggies was just rough. Yeah. Like even from the healthy section, it was misleading a little bit. I was like, oh. Yeah, 50 grams of fat or something, you know, it's just like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think I have, I don't think I have like a meal. I don't really think about my fun meals too much. I've also had a lot of fun the past few months. I've I lost about, I, cut, I started to cut in uh, January and I'm like six pounds down in like eight months now because of quarantine. So maybe I'll get lean. Um, and I'll probably get lean when it starts snowing outside and maybe I'll be lean for next summer. But um, my current fun go. meal shoveling snow. My current fun meal may be probably just like a wing, 
like a boneless wing. There's some boneless wings places in Oklahoma that like when it's good, I don't go to like a Buffalo, Buffalo wings or stuff like that. Yeah. I just like some, I mean, they're probably taste the same, but like just some local places and yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. So I'm just, I'm also like the simplest person ever. I tend not to like a ton of ingredients in my foods. I just want like, I love like burgers. I love steak and chicken wings. And then like most of my meals probably resemble like Mexican food because I literally just like, I guess sometimes I'll do like the pulled chicken and stuff like that. I usually make at least like five pounds of pulled chicken, just like literally barbecue sauce or like some sort of hot sauce in a crock pot and I'll eat that with rice. That's usually at least one of my meals like every day. So I'm just the simplest person ever. But um, I'll end this podcast. Speaking of Mexican food, um, we've had Mason Woodruff on our podcast before and he's like someone Mm. who I love getting recipes from. We make his um, chicken enchilada bake pretty much every every week. I've I've done a lot of his stuff. I've done the... yeah. One of the things we haven't had a lot of good success with is the baked crispy tacos. They like fell apart on us. The ba- those are the ones with the enchilada sauce? No, no, no. Because like, I have done some of his recipes and my go-to, and I think um, I logged off of, just side note, I logged off of social media during COVID because it was just too much to hear about it from them and work. But I did make a post about... Um, one of his recipes was like a chicken, um, it's like a cream of chicken with chicken and peppers inside a tortilla and then you baked it. And maybe that's the one that you're talking about, the baked tacos. I think that's the one we tried. It tasted good, but yeah. like tacos just kind of fell apart. It didn't really, really get like crispy at all. Huh. It made sense. Um, yeah. It wasn't bad. It was just kind of hard to like hold them. Um, mm. we, we, we've tried I would say there's like a 40% chance when you put down a new recipe that we try it. If it's like food, I don't, we don't do too much of his like baked good stuff, like his protein balls and stuff like that. Um, yeah. but yeah, the, the chicken enchilada bake, which is, um, we literally made it like last night or two nights ago. I just also love Mason Woodruff cause how simple his recipes are. Cause like, just cause I'm a dietitian doesn't mean I'm like, chopping up all this cilantro i'm just like i'm really basic so it was like um literally just chopped up like onions habanero peppers red bell peppers uh those tomatillo things the green tomatillos yeah green ones but i know it sounds complicated you literally just chop them up into small pieces and throw it in the pan it's not complicated just ask someone what the ingredients are at the store. Uh, so I chopped up all the peppers, put them in there. And then we love the Ninja foodie. So we actually just cook all the chicken in there, uh, like pressure cook it. And then we put it on top. Then we just put like tortillas on top of it. So it's just on the top. He made actually do like a couple of layers, but we try to cut it back a little bit and then just like cheese. And it's so good. It's like a mm. Mexican casserole type thing. Yeah. So mm. if you haven't tried that chicken enchilada. I have not. I'll probably uh, do that this week. Yeah, I'll really try good. that for this week, and I probably need to get a foodie because oh. I hear people talk about it. I've heard you mention it a couple times, and I was late to the Instant Pot game, so I, I should just hurry up and get a foodie. You have an Instant Pot? Yeah, I have an Instant okay. Pot. Yeah. So I don't really know. I've never had one of those before, so I'm not super sure on what the differences are um because we don't use a foodie for like everything that it could be used for i think the nice thing is especially if you're like you're starting off in the cooking game it could probably be like a one-stop shop because i have a well i used to have a rice cooker and i gave it to somebody because now i have a foodie so i used to have a rice cooker and a crock pot and then i thought about getting a pressure cooker like the instapot and then i realized the foodie does all of those things does all that yeah. So now I don't have a, I have a crock pot that I never use anymore. And then cause I can do the slow cook stuff in the foodie. I can do my rice in the foodie. I also love that. Like some, we'll do like salmon and rice a ton and you can make like the rice on the bottom, just like you would with any other rice cooker. And they just have like this little, um, like silver stand. I'm not sure what you would call it. Um, like what you bake cookies on kind of where it elevates the surface. So okay. you can put that on sure. the pot 
and you can just put the salmon on top of that. So you can pressure cook it all together. It's like your salmon will cook along with your rice. So it just saves you a whole bunch of time there. So yeah, I mean, if I could get a Ninja sponsorship, I would, I would plug that. I have a discount code. <laughs> I would uh, do multiple oh. marketing with it. Um, I love their blender too. I have their little um, Ninja blender. So yeah. See, that's what I have from Ninja is the blender. Um, and then the instant pot, but yeah, you're right. The, the foodie sounds like it does all that. Does it air fry? Yep. So I do like, we do like sweet potatoes and stuff like that. There's a little basket. You put it in there. Um, then you can, when we do like the salmon, it's nice cause you can air, you can pressure cook it. And then there's like a lid for the pressure cooker. So you just take that off and then you just, there's another lid that's actually a top attached to the foodie and you push that just down. And that's where you can do like, you can broil things or you can bake things like it's an oven essentially if you wanted to. So a lot of times we'll pressure cook it, kind of to cook the inside, then we'll shut the foodie and then we'll broil kind of the outside to make it crisp. Um, wow. So yeah, we don't even really yeah, I mean, use our oven anymore either. Unless it's like with the cast iron skillet where obviously you can't put that in your foodie. Um, it, it almost replaces your oven. Unless you, if you're like a family, then no, because you can't cook a ton in there. <laughs> like, uh, we make like sweet potato fries or if we make something like that, we literally just bake it. it you, you can just put it to like 400 degrees and bake it like you would an oven. So it's a great, I mean, like, I think, dry. I think we're sounding like a, now you're sounding like an infomercial. I think Ninja should definitely hit you up because here I am going, but Greg, does it air fry? Yeah. Of it course does. it does. Yeah. It does. It's a new definition of set it and forget it for sure. So it really I'm sold. Really I'm good. I'm gonna go get one right now. I mean there once this podcast stops, I'm buying one. They're a good deal. Um we have the big one. I think the big one's a bit overkill. You probably can get away with the smaller quart thing. Um like a five quart. I don't know what their sizes are, but there's one that's like small and one that's big. And the big one is really, really big. Um I've never even like used half of it, I don't think. Like I think they're all the same diameter. It's just the depth is different. It's deeper. Yeah. Okay. The, the depth is like insane. Unless you're trying to make like 50 kilos of rice. I think you're probably okay with the regular size thing. And yeah, as someone that loves convenience and trying to eat healthy, it's a, it's a game changer for me. Cause okay. I don't, I don't like cooking. Like I don't, I don't mind cooking. I don't like the length of time. If cooking is good, mm. I'm not trying to make a meal for in, for 90 minutes. No way. Gotcha. No, that's good to know because since I travel, I only take with me what I fit in my car. And so if I don't have to bring a like pot to make my rice and an instant pot to make my chicken, then I just need one thing. And then that's, that's golden or as a kid say Gucci, but yes, I man, I wish I, now I wish I could like sell you one and get some commission or something on it right maybe i'll maybe if my doesn't work out i'll work for ninja i would work for ninja i'll do something that sounds like a cool job they have there you go um, just uh, remember the court sizes because i was sold until yeah. it came into that and i, I was don't like know. oh he doesn't know his stuff i don't know the product very well i don't know how much it costs i think it's like 100 or 200 bucks or something um oh one more thing about ninja just because hey why not give another shot <laughs> So I had an original one. I probably got the first one a year and a half ago or something or a year ago. And man, I hope they don't listen to this podcast. Oh, well, I'm going to out myself. I don't think I actually even lied to their customer service. Um, it was plugged into the wall and somehow it got knocked off the counter. And the um, what's, what's essentially is plugged in to the foodie pulled out. And it, was, it wasn't like pulled out whereas you can plug it back in like the wires got pulled out from it right mm. um i think i may have told them that on customer service i think i said uh, oh like someone like bumped it and then the wires fell out or whatever mm. so i think i like kind of fibbed um i didn't i just called them thinking like well maybe they'll say something but like they'll probably be like sorry but i sent it into them and then they just like sent us a new one and this is like a 200 dollars machine you know um oh, yeah so yeah, number one, make sure it's secure on your uh, countertop. Countertop, right? And then number two, they have great customer service. So mm, sold, yep. sold. And but, you didn't have to pay for a warranty. You probably got it with your purchase price. 
I think so. I got off at Amazon. So All I, right. I forgot if, yeah, I was like going to buy another, I was like, have it in my cart in Amazon. And then I was like, I'll just call them and like, tell them what happened and see. I don't think I even asked. I just was like, was telling them what happened to my foodie. I was going to ask. And then they were like, okay, well, if you like send it to us, I think they actually said, send it to us to see if we can fix it. I think that's mm-hmm. actually what happened. So I sent it to them and then they just said, they'll send me a new one. So I was like, well, even if it falls off your counter, apparently they'll still. <laughs> Somehow it fell off your counter. That's a good, yeah. I was like, I sh- maybe I made up some story. It was like, it was cooking and it fell off and it was your fault. No, there. it's a super heavy machine. It will definitely not unintentionally fall off your counter. Like, you need to like brace your abs a bit to pick this off the ground. If you get the, the normal one, it's a heavy, heavy thing. Um, all right. We've talked about foodie for a lot. So that is it for the podcast. Thank you for joining. Hopefully you guys got something out of this. If it was entertaining, awesome. If you learned some stuff, even better. So um yeah, that's all we got for the podcast. As always, if you guys have questions for me, if you want to learn more about MyoBrain, you can go to myobrain.co or email me at myobraincoaching at gmail.com. Any last things for the millions of people? Just kidding. Just probably a couple of hundred people. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, you know, it's never too late. It's never too late to start. Uh, one, two, it's not as difficult as you think it is. Everyone is going to be telling you millions of things. Get an expert. We get an expert for everything else. We get a plumber for our sink. We have a mechanic for our car. This is no different. Get someone that's going to make your life a lot easier, help you reach those goals, and uh, make it fun. So that would be my, my, my last few hurrahs for the millions of people listening to the podcast. This is the been-